0: You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. There comes a place in all of our lives, I'm telling you, every one of us, that name the name of Christ, where we've got to turn something over to Him and say, I can't do it. I can't do it. But you can. I can't, Lord. Bigger than me stronger than me. can't do it. But I believe you can.
1: In your walk with the Lord, have you ever had moments of feeling helpless? Have you ever faced a challenge so great that you wanted to give up altogether? In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that no matter how difficult your circumstances are, God will always prevail. No matter how big your hole may be, let God take your hand and pull you out of the pit of despair. Be a new creation by the power of God's perfect grace. It will always be enough. Let Him carry your burdens. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Mark chapter 4 as he continues his message, the message in the storm.
0: I want to establish you in the Word of God. I want you to understand that this book can be counted on, walked on, lived by, you won't find a better wisdom book than this one. And no other book in the world is gonna lead you to Jesus Christ for salvation uniquely and exclusively like this one. I wanna bring out one story, one of my favorite stories, and let's look at it here. I gotta talk to you about, I wanna call this The Message in the Storm. How many of you have been through a storm in the last 10 years? Just about everybody, the rest of you, I want your secret, come up and talk to me. If you have been through a storm, And I'm talking about a spiritual storm of some kind where your faith was rattled, tested and shaken. Let's look at this now, the message in the storm. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. And I want you to say the next four words with me. Just as he was, boy, I love that. Just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him a furious squall or storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. That means he was in the captain's chair. He was just asleep in the captain's chair, okay? And there he was, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, fully believing he had not a clue what was going on with them. And what'd they say, everybody? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? What'd they call him? Teacher. Not savior here. They called him, say it again, teacher. The disciples had two words for Jesus, Lord, teacher. Now let's go to the next part. He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. First, they were terrified of the storm. Then they were terrified of this dude in the captain's chair who talks to the wind and the waves. And what do they ask? Who is this? Now, I want you to underline that because that's exactly where he wanted them. Now, what do they say? Even the wind and the waves obey him and went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. And what they were about to encounter was the Gadarene demoniac. And what chapter five, verse one says is, after they asked this question, they crossed over to the other side. They crossed over to the other side. Now, I always see so many things in stories like this. It just jumps out at me. These stories were given so that we can understand life, so that we can understand our walk with God. And I want you to notice that the first thing we've got here is Jesus telling him his disciples to go somewhere, to go from point A to point B. Jesus never let his people sit stagnant, not for long. Now, how many of you in here think you're one of his people? Are you, one of, are you a, an apprentice, a disciple? Well, you're here on Wednesday nights, that says a lot. Not that people who aren't here, and don't go tell them I said that. <laughs> but <clears throat> what I'm saying is this, I want you to notice that Jesus said, get in the boat and I want you to go to the other side. The nature of Jesus, and that's who we're following here, is to challenge us. The Lord is a challenging Messiah. I want to tell you, if you're following him and you think life's going to be easy or uneventful, wake up. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you better wake up quick because it's not going to be that way. It's going to be peaceful. It's going to be fruitful. But I want you to notice that our Lord Jesus Christ Is a Lord who challenges us He said I want you to go to the other side Now I got a million dollar question for you Do you think he knew a storm was going to crop up In the middle of that lake Because he never says what Well I'll be He never does He never says well I'll be He knew there was going to be a storm Now your Jesus is the same one here, the one that saved you. And I wanna submit to you that he is going to say to you throughout your life in some way, in some arena of your life, he's gonna challenge you to go to the other side of somewhere from point A to point B. It might be in your marriage. It might be in your job. It might be in what you do in his name, ministry of some kind. I don't know, because I'm not you, but I do know with me, since I was saved, he's never left me alone. He's always challenged me. This was a challenge. And you know what? We're going to have another one as soon as we're done with this one, because that's Jesus, because he always challenges our faith. And it's a good thing. It may be a goal that he gives you, or a healing. He, He challenges you to walk towards healing, moral healing, physical healing mental healing. He challenges you. Let's go to the other side. It may be an act of obedience. And he just says, I, I want you to do this. And, and to go from point A to point B, a little bit scary, a little bit scary. Or maybe you're a, ta- a task that you're to complete. He wants you to complete a task. So he says, let's go to the other side. And you know it. He has a way of letting you know. You, you just know in your knower that he wants you to do something. So he says to these guys, and they're sitting there, they're comfortable, they're okay on the other shore, he says, I want you to get into the boat, and I want you to go the other side. Now, what I love about it is they took Jesus just like he was. They didn't take a made-up Jesus, they didn't take the Jesus of their liking. It says, Mark lets us know they took Jesus just like he was. I want the real Jesus, I don't want an American Jesus, amen? I don't want a Western Jesus, I want the real Jesus, They took him just like he was. And thank God they got him in the boat. I want you to say with me, thank God he's in my boat. (laughs) And he got right into the captain's chair, right into the stern and fell asleep. But at least he was there. Now, like the disciples, whatever it is he tells you to do, it's important that you do it because you know that it's God's will. And, And I've learned this about God. He won't let you go to C until you finish B. He won't. You keep trying to go to C, he'll say, wait, you need to go back to B. I took you from A to B, not A to R, I took you from A to B. And here you are trying to go to C when you hadn't done B. I did not pre-think that, that's just coming out as I talk, but I want you to think about it. Whatever it is, it's important that you do it because it's God's will. You know that deep down inside, it's the will of God. And God's will, will often cause you to feel a level of pressure. Because God's will always requires faith and it always requires more than you can come up with on your own. If you could do God's will, it wouldn't be God's will. I don't think God has spoken to me unless what I feel I've been told to do is beyond what Jeff could do. If Jeff could do it, it's probably not God. If Jeff can't do it without God, it's probably God. It's gotta be Jeff and God. Lately, it's been little bitty Jeff, great big God. It's gonna bring a level of pressure because you know that he wants you to do it, but you feel incapable of doing it because of your limitation as a human being. You look at it and you go, how could I possibly do this? But I want you to remember a principle now. When God tells you to do something, point A, he says, I want you to leave point A and go to point B You've got a promise and you've got a provision. He gives you the promise when you're standing in point A. He gives you the provision when you arrive at point B. But in between, there's always a problem. Between point A and point B, there's a storm. There's a problem. There's a test. One time when the disciples went across the sea, it says they were straining at rowing. There wasn't any great big storm. They were just like they were in a dream, pulling that oar and feeling like they weren't getting anywhere. One step forward, two steps back. Ever had that feeling? Yeah? Because here they were straining at rowing. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on a lake like this and rowing in a boat. I got stuck in the boat one time in the middle of Lake Pool, uh, Joe Pool Lake when it first came in. I sold my boat before I got to shore. (laughs) <laughs> because I could not. I got way out there. Joe Pool Lake was brand new. And I took my fishing tackle out there and I was just going to fish, me and alone with Jesus. And I thought it was going to be great. And I got out there and that engine died. All I had was one of these little half oars. I spoke to that engine, rebuked that engine, named it, claimed it, blabbed it, grabbed it. It still wouldn't start. <laughs> Finally, I had to pick up this little oar. It, this is a bass boat with an Evinrude engine. And I'm going... And I'm praying, God, please send somebody. Nobody. I said, God wants me to get rid of this boat. (laughs) And it took me hours to get to shore. And it's so frustrating when you're in the water because you can't tell that you're getting any closer. And that's how they felt. I'm straining at rowing and I'm not getting anywhere. Ever feel that way in your walk with God? You ever feel that way? Come on, everybody. I know it's Wednesday night, but I'm talking to you now. You're straining to seek God, straining to do the right thing. And it seems like you're not getting anywhere. Just seems like you're not seeing what you thought you would see. There's no breakthrough like you thought was going to come. And you're just out there in the middle of the lake sweating and crying and wondering why he told you to go out there in the first place. (laughs) But in the other one, it was not a wind that kept blowing against them and just sort of hindering them. This was a major storm and it scared them. And so here they are, they're doing the will of God. He told me to go out here. He told me to do this. What is this storm doing here when he's the one who told me to go? Here's the moral of the story. Just because Jesus tells you to do it doesn't mean there's not going to be no storm. Bad English, good preaching. Doesn't mean there's not going to be no storm. Now, we got to understand something here. He never promised us a rose garden. Every rose has its thorns. And I know that's a dated saying, but it's so true. But every thorn has roses. Storms often kick up on the way from A to B. Look at, look at the, the, uh, the people in the wilderness. God says to them in Egypt, they're crying and wailing, get us out of here. God says, okay, finally. After 400 years of wailing and crying, he sends Moses. He gets them out with a promise. I'm going to take you to the promised land. Point A is Egypt. Point B is the promised land. But in between, there was a problem called the wilderness, and they never made it out. First generation never made it out. They didn't learn to navigate through it. Storms often arise when you're headed to the other side of somewhere. Wherever your somewhere is, storms can kick up. Difficulties, trials that test you and bring you down before God. And I'm just telling you this so that I can say with Peter, don't be amazed at the fiery trial which is to try you as though some weird thing were happening to you. He never promised you a rose garden. He just promised to get you there. He just promised to get you there. (laughs) I took my daughter a long time ago. I took her to Six Flags, never again. Never, ever again. She talked me into the worst ride on there. And I thought, well, because it was father-daughter day, I'd get on it, do it for my daughter. You know what, let another father-daughter day come. I will never get on this ride again for my daughter. I forget what it was called, but it didn't do justice to what it did to me. I got on this thing and it was like, I had to keep saying to myself, I trust them. I know they're going to get me there. I know there's an end to this, but it went around, it went down and up and backwards and then forwards. I'm telling you, I pleaded the blood 1,000 times. And when we got in, the camera snapped a picture of me. You'll never see that picture. You'll never see it because I was, I mean, color me cynical. I just don't trust the people at Six Flags like I used to. And I had to trust that now it got me there, but it got me there with a look on my face. You'll never see. And sometimes, you know, we need to know God said, I'll get you there. But if we don't trust him, he gets us there looking like I looked in that picture. But I want you to say with me, he's going to get me there. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I don't know where you're going. But I know who's going to get you there. Now, it's during the storm, when he's told us to get into the boat, he's in the helm, he's in the boat with us, but it's there when we tend tend to doubt God's care. We tend to doubt God's care and his involvement in our struggle. It's in the storm between A and B. When the storm kicks up and it looks like he's not in charge, he's not in control, the storm is in control, it's then we're tempted, we're tempted to doubt his care, it doesn't look to me like he's in charge. It doesn't seem to me that he's got this thing by the tail. It doesn't look that way to me. Teacher, don't you care that you per- that we perish? Now I can hear something else in there. Are you even aware of what's going on? Are you aware I'm struggling? Are you aware that I feel overwhelmed? Are you aware that it seems like the storm is winning? Are you aware that I'm going down for the count and I can't see God anywhere? Are you aware that I am stretched to the limit, God? Some of you have said that this week, because this is real. Now, there's a reason that he allows us to be taken to the extremity before he comes through. Because he did, finally, he stood up, he looked at the wind and the waves, and he just said simply, stop it, and it all stopped. But here's why he lets us get taken sometimes to the limit. Here's why. So that we will know that when we arrive at our arrival gate, he's the one that got us there and not us. That's why he does it so that we can't say, yeah, that was a real trial. Thank God I'm brilliant, talented, charismatic educated, got money. Uh Uh-uh. When God gets you to your arrivals, it is, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. (laughs) Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, you have a Holy Ghost benefit because you know you'd have never been there if he had not propelled you there. Isn't this real? How many of you have had a few thank you gods recently? Sometimes I'll be laying there in the middle of the night and it'll hit me and I'll get down and say, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. Let's face it, folks. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We don't really believe that until we get into a situation where if he doesn't come through, we're not getting through. It's a supernatural arrival. No one could do it but him. Only he could speak to that storm and say, stop it. Back off. Whoa, boy. Far enough. Only God can get the glory for that healing, that restoration, that breakthrough, that answer. Only God. So when you come into church, you say, I was tested, I was moaning, now I got a testimony. (laughs) Come on everybody. That's what I tell people. They say, Pastor Jeff, I'm just going through hell on earth. It's terrible. The devil's after me every which way but loose. I say, get ready. You're being tested. And I can hear that you're moaning. But when God has his way, it's going to be a testimony. You'll come through the test and you'll quit your moaning. And it'll be a testimony where you give glory to God because he got you to the arrival gate. There comes a place in all of our lives, I'm telling you, every one of us that name the name of Christ, Where we've got to turn something over to him and say, I can't do it. I can't do it. But you can. I can't, Lord. Bigger than me. Stronger than me. I can't do it. But I believe you can. That's a good place to be because then you quit your struggling. Take over, Lord. You're bigger than my storm. You're bigger than me. You're bigger than my strength, my talent, my ability. You're bigger. But it's not bigger. The storm's not bigger than you, Lord. I know it's not. Now, I want to close with this. You got to learn, if any storm's going to be worth its salt, you got to find what the message in the storm was. I learned a long time ago. There's a message in every storm. There's a message in every storm. Why don't you say that with me? There's a message. Well, that sounds kind of mystical, Pastor Jeff. What do you mean there's a message? Is it going to talk to me at night? How am I going to find out the message? You got to ask God what it is. But there's a message in every storm. And here they go. They go through this storm, and how did it end? They asked the question that I believe Jesus got them out there to learn. They said, man, we knew you were a good teacher. We saw you cast out devils. We've seen you do some heavy stuff, but Lord, we didn't know you talked to the elements. We didn't know you halted weather patterns. We had an understanding of you, but Lord, who are you? That's the message of the storm. What was the answer? they received a heightened understanding of exactly who they were following. He's not just a good teacher, charismatic cat. Uh Uh-uh. He talked to waves and they went. He talked to the wind and it stopped. And then he turned and looked at us and said, where is your faith? Ooh, they had a revelation right then. Who is this? See, he wanted them to understand, you're following God in flesh. I'm God wrapped in skin. I want you to get that. I made the storms. I made the ocean. I want you to know, because we're about to encounter a man infested with demons. So here it is. Get the message of the storm because the answer is gonna prepare you for your next level. So they land on the other side, point B. And here he comes. He's got the whole town in terror of him. They chain him and he breaks them like butter. He's crazy, he's scary, he's a lunatic, he's possessed. Now I ask you a million dollar question. If they had not learned what they learned out there, Would they have been ready for what they encountered on the other side? Now, if he tells the wind and the waves what to do, he's got you devils nailed. There's a message in every storm. When you go through a storm, don't move on to point C until you've said, Lord, what was the message of that storm? What were you saying to me in that storm? What can I write down In a diary, what can I remember forever? Because paper never forgets. What can I write down? Because man, that was a storm. And I want to get something out of it. I want to carry fruit from it. Not just a bad memory. And he'll tell you. You know, Kathy and I, most of you know, we went through a terrible storm the last few years. Terrible, terrible. I wouldn't wish it on anybody but Satan himself. It was a terrible storm. But I want to tell you, I knew enough to know Laura, what was the message of the storm? I was writing about it last night without thinking about this message. I was writing about it. There were a lot of messages in the storm. One of them was, people can only walk with you so far and then flesh will fail you. But he will walk up to you in the darkness of your pit and he will tell you, you can come out. And when not another person is around to tell you the same thing, faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it.
1: you ever felt lost in the storms of life? Have you ever felt like you're not in control of what's going on in your own world? Do you ever feel like you're being tossed around in a dryer? In today's message, Pastor Jeff showed us what it means to be intentional and take back your life. When you submit to Jesus and let Him sit in the driver's seat, your life will always change for the better. Be a new creation by the power of God's perfect gift of grace. If you're interested in learning about Hardwired, Diane has some things to share. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard today, we'd like to know. You can call or text us at the following number and share your thoughts. That number to text is 817-484-4767. Once again, that's 817-484-4767. Thanks for being a part of this ministry and helping it continue to be an encouraging and uplifting resource for you and others. Now I'll hand it back to Daniel as he gives a preview of what's next. We all face trials in our life, whether it's circumstances beyond our control or choices that we've made to get us to where we are, we all face storms. In Pastor Jeff's next message on Hardwired, we're taught that anyone and everyone is welcome into God's kingdom. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you're currently at in life. God has a place for you. Accept his free gift of grace and move on from the circumstances that are holding you back. There's more Pastor Jeff has to share from the book of Mark, so be sure to join us again. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it online at hardwired.org. We're so glad we could be part of your day today, and we pray you've been blessed by today's edition of Hardwire.